0: Our history actually does influence our now, and I think sometimes we forget that. And this has been an important moment in our country to give us an opportunity to say, you know, what are we trying to do? How are we trying to um, progress? And what types of Uh, pains of the past the sins of the father in a classic sense do we need to actually make sure that we at least address recognize and reconcile before we move on to i think fixing our our cities and our country in the future
1: welcome to baptist without an adjective a podcast of word and way i'm your host word and way editor and president brian kaler On this program, we'll hear from Baptists from across the denominational, ethnic, national, and ideological lines that too often divide us. At Word & Way, we've been informing and inspiring Baptists since 1896. Learn more about us at WordAndWay.org. This episode is sponsored in part by the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. The Cooperative Baptist Fellowship is a network of people and churches working together to spread the hope of Christ. For more than 25 years, CBF has been driven by its mission to serve Christians and churches as they discover and fulfill their God-given mission. Join the fellowship at work in long-term global missions in more than 25 countries. Join them too as they strive to form healthy congregations and support the ministers that serve them. Put your faith to action. Visit cbf.net to get connected. In this episode, we're going to have a conversation with Quentin Lucas, the mayor of Kansas City, Missouri. He was elected in 2019 and assumed office on August 1st of 2019. He's the 55th mayor of Kansas City and only the third African-American to hold that position. He's also a Baptist. And so we're going to be talking in this conversation not only about his faith, but also about this very unusual time that is a, a difficult time for mayors and governors and other elected officials as they're dealing with the coronavirus Protest against racial injustice, and a lot more. And so I was really excited to have this opportunity to have this conversation. He's obviously got a lot going on and a busy schedule, and so I really appreciated the chance to talk with Quentin Lucas. But before we jump into the interview, I do want to note one other thing. This week is Warden Way's birthday. We're 124 years old, which is a really impressive legacy and heritage that I've had the pleasure of being a part of since assuming the role of editor in December of twenty sixteen. I'm only the ninth editor, so they have some really long and impressive tenures. And of course this has been a difficult and unusual year, not just for mayors, but also for for religious journalism and other news publications. And so if you wanted to help us celebrate and maybe send us a little birthday gift. Well, hey, that would be exciting. So all you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the donate button. We really would not exist without the support of our readers, listeners, and donors. It's what's kept us alive for 124 years, and we're looking forward to another year of informing and inspiring Baptists. And so we really do need your partnership, and we would appreciate that greatly. So now here's my interview with Quentin Lucas, mayor of Kansas City, Missouri. Thanks, first of all, Mayor Lucas, for joining us on the program.
0: Happy to be with you today.
1: So we are in this time of coronavirus. And so I guess the first thing I wanted to ask is, is how are you doing both individually as well as as a mayor who has had to make some difficult decisions these last few months? You know,
0: I'm doing fine. Um, It has been... A challenging issue, of course, um, you know, some of it is kind of the negativity and the vitriol that's building up in our community. And you always certainly try to make sure that, uh, you know, people, you really want to bring people together in these positions. That's not always possible. And uh, that's something I know I have uh, frustrations with. But on the whole, you know, I'm, I'm doing fine. I have outstanding support here at the city and City Hall. And uh, I know we'll get through it.
1: Very good. I wonder if you could share a little bit about your personal faith background, as well as how your faith impacts and inspires your public service.
0: Well, you know, if I were to say um, kind of one of the greatest challenges of of right now is that um, it's, it's getting that realization that church is not necessarily a physical space because for me, I'm a Baptist myself, I've been, uh, my mother raised me in church, and so, you know, this is always, it is always a place for me of peace, of reflection, of understanding the principles that guide my life, and I think have guided so many others through much more challenging times than I've been through. And so, I often use that to get through what I'm doing each day. You know, this week, there's been in the news, I received racial slurs, a death threat. Um, You know, you receive any number of other challenges, but if you always remember, I think the teachings that so many of us know, um, you know that this too shall pass. And I never forget why I'm doing what we do. And so that's, you know, that's been a big part of me. But I do, I mean, I hope I get to hear my Baptist church choir again in person. (laughs) That's something I am missing, I'll admit.
1: Yeah, it's not quite the same on the live stream. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, you know, and I know that's one of the things that you've had to do that's been a difficult decision. You've had to implement rules that have prevented churches from, as well as other mass gatherings from occurring. And that's one of the things you've received criticism from Uh, and i think it's it's helpful for us to be reminded that sometimes you know there's this i don't know the stereotype of public officials are these you know godless officials that are just trying to shut down our churches and you know here you are also missing attending church as a public official as well that you had to make a decision that has impacted your own faith
0: community You know, that was probably one of the hardest um, conversations I've had, because I remember back around uh, right before Easter, um, and that was when all of the stay-at-home orders were ramping up, and I was on a phone call um, with some fairly senior pastors here in Kansas City, particularly in the inner city, um, and they said, now, wait a second, son, are you saying you're closing down my Easter service? And um, And we all talked about, it. actually, the, the group prayed at the beginning of the call and at the end. Um, and I think we all understood what we were doing to try to keep people right, uh, to keep people safe, and to find a different way to reach, Kansas Citians to reach people all around through prayer, through our impact, frankly, through the service of all of us. And I've been proud of the fact that since that point, we have seen, um, I think, our faith communities really be leaders in connection with bringing folks together. Um, I know that there are many others that, uh, you know, are kind of tearing us apart but almost every church that I've talked to in every part of this city, in every denomination, no matter the faith, has, I think, done an outstanding job at really making sure that folks are in a, uh, a good position and one where we're, we're doing the work to keep people safe and happy and healthy.
1: I, I know you've studied the, the health issues a lot to make these decisions. You've recently put out an order on wearing masks in public. And so I wonder, you know, we have a lot of pastors that are listening and that are trying to figure out, You know, what can they do and how can they meet safely? Are are there a couple of key tips that you have learned from health officials that you think churches and pastors should keep in mind if they do have some sort of gathering in person?
0: Well, you know, I would say this, um, you know, the world has shown us ranging from protests to just the science itself. Um, outdoor events are a lot safer than indoor events. And so, you know, to the extent one feels the need to get a congregation together, you know, keeping folks outdoors makes a world of difference. Now, I know a day like this in Kansas City where we started with storms and all of that um, makes predicting these sorts of things difficult. But, you know, really that that is our preference rather than um, kind of coming back inside. If you are inside, however, really being rigid about social distancing, um, I know I'm the same way, you know, you haven't seen somebody for a while, so there's this incredible inclination um, to get closer, to give a hug, to do that sort of thing. Really try um, your best to keep groups separate to make sure that folks have that requisite distance at issue.
1: Yeah, and and you mentioned the fact that there have been protests happening, and this has been across the country, not just in Kansas City, against racial injustices, particularly after the police killing of George Floyd. And I wanted to ask you as an African-American man, what would you say to white Baptists and other Christians and others in our communities at this moment? Uh, what do you hope that we will understand and then do?
0: You know, I um, and I know I can't do this, and so it'll start all types of trouble if I said I, I wish everyone um, got into... You don't need to have faith as your guide, but just something that reminds you of the humanity of of everyone. Um, that, that's why I love church, right? And, and that's why I love truly religious people. Now, there are some, I think, who take advantage of religion for any number of reasons. But, um, you know, I think that probably my greatest interest is in getting people to understand uh, the pains, the challenges, the opportunities, the aspirations of our fellow man and woman. I think that's something that we see discussed in the Bible. And I really wish that more would see that as opposed to, I think, what we're seeing too much in our country now, the battles, right, Republicans, Democrats, all that. I mean, when I was growing up, I lived in a smaller town, and uh, at least for a while. And I remember it being uh, this place where black and white and Latino um uh, we all live there. I think everybody, you know, worshipped, everybody kind of knew that we had our our, our differences, but also our similarities. And frankly, you know, if you didn't worship, you weren't judging somebody. You were saying, hey, we're going to, to care about you, love on you, and all of that. And so I would really love people to get back to that point and try to see similarities rather than things as a black problem or, you know, something that is dividing us, because Lord knows we do too much of that.
1: Yeah, and so I wonder, are there... Are there steps that you're hoping that Kansas City can make at this time as people are trying to grapple with, you know, what are the positive things we can do to move forward as a society?
0: You know, I think there are some positive, concrete steps. We've already, um, I think, started a process with the Kansas City Police Department in how can we be more responsive? How can we be more accountable? How do we let people know that we care? And so that's uh, one important step. I think another important step is to actually make it clear that it's not just a police issue. It is a community issue. It's our laws. It's our city council. There are so many of us who have some important and vital role in how we can move forward and Um, our current conversation. And then I think, you know, we need to continue to think about what it is that we're trying to do, preserve, and protect. And for me, a large part of that relates to the fact that um, we have got to make sure that um, we're not forgetting about the many victims of violent crime in our community, the young boy who was killed this week in kansas city four years old um we had a 15 year old in a suburb of kansas city shot and killed yesterday i mean those sorts of things what is it that we're really trying to do we're trying to make sure we're reaching people's hearts addressing crime so that we don't have this ongoing issue in our country and in our city unfortunately
1: yeah one of the things i found that you know, interesting in Kansas City lately was the, the move to rename J.C. Nichols, both the, the, the Plaza, the Fountain and the Parkway and as a reminder of some of the systemic issues. And that's what you were talking about, this being in our laws. It's in our, our urban planning and our redlining from decades ago that we're still dealing with the consequences of some of that in our communities like in Kansas City
0: you know, it, it is interesting that, um, you know, our history actually does influence our now. And I think sometimes we forget that. And this has been an important moment in our country to give us an opportunity to say, you know, what are we trying to do? How are we trying to um, progress? And what types of uh, pains of the past, the sins of the father in a classic sense, do we need to actually make sure that we at least address, recognize, and reconcile before we move on to I think fixing our, our cities and our country in the future. And I've, I've been happy to be part of that. I think a lot more people than you may think are, and I always say this, um, you know, there are extremes and I feel like there's a 10% and a 10% on extremes that, are, that get a whole lot of attention. But there's an 80% of us who realize that we want to See a safer community. We want to see um, black people feel safe in their communities, all people feel safe in their communities. And that's the sort of work I know that I'm committed to and that I think most Kansas Cityans are excited about.
1: We are, of course, on top of all of this that we've been talking about the coronavirus and the the racial protests and all of the other issues. We are also in an election year. And I, I particularly wanted to talk about the idea of voting because we've seen again recently in Georgia and Kentucky. Images of voting inequalities. Voters in predominantly white neighborhoods had short lines due to plenty of voting locations. Those in black and other minority communities had to wait for hours in a pandemic just to vote. And you had your own experience with voting in March that made some news. And so for those that haven't heard that story, I wonder if you could tell us what happened and then help us think more broadly about what do we need to do as a country to improve our election system?
0: You know, I think in terms of our election system and this country, I mean, we've we've got to realize that it should become easier to vote. Um, I'm not trying to get in huge political debates right now, but I am one who believes in in greater opportunities for voting by mail, particularly when you look at a crisis like COVID-19 and you see the number of folks that might be homebound or are concerned about going out to vote at a time like this. I think that's one thing we need to do. Um, We have all the technology in the world, but the voting process still doesn't seem to be it. Um, That's how you know I got Kind of tripped up. I, I presented an ID. You know, the my names, I guess, were mixed up. Uh, my first and last. And and we have to realize that every barrier, you know, taking 20 minutes extra to vote may mean that some people say, Oh, what the heck? I got to go to work, and they don't come back. Um, we need to invest in voting like we actually care about it. We need to make sure that we're, you know, giving decent pay to poll workers who are there for an entire day. And I think we need to, and I, in one of my views, make it so um, we have fewer elections. We've got so many minor issues, municipal elections, all these other little things. I'd like to see us actually progress beyond that and, um, you know, just get to a point where we're in a, uh, a better place, where it's easier to vote, where people feel like their vote's valued, and uh, where the system actually can be more confident.
1: So yeah, to, to, to wrap up then, I mean, obviously, you're an elected official, you, you care about democracy, you believe in it. And so, you know, this idea of making sure people can actually vote, which has been a historic issue uh, since the beginning of who could and could not vote, is something we have continued to grapple with as a country. And so, I hear you saying that we need to continue to, to build on that and to work on that system.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's, that's going to be something that's more important to us than anything. And so, yeah, I agree that that's a, a vital next step for us.
1: Well, thank you, Mayor Lucas, so much for your time, for talking about these important issues, for taking some time out from all of the important decisions that you need to be making today. We really appreciate it. And I hope that you continue to find the, the wisdom that you need to lead in these times.
0: Thank you so much. God bless you.
1: Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Baptist Without an Adjective. You can learn more about us at wordandway.org. And don't forget to check out our sponsoring partner for this week's episode, the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship at cbf.net. If you've enjoyed this episode, I hope that you will share it with your friends on Facebook and head over to iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and write a positive review. It really does help more people to find the show. You can find easy-to-share links at podcast.wordandway.org. If you'd like to give to support this program, we greatly appreciate it. As I said at the beginning, it really is a difficult year, and your support would mean a lot to us as we continue our ministry of informing and inspiring Baptists. So all you have to do at wordandway.org is hit the Donate button, and whatever you give there will help support the production of this podcast as well as our website and monthly magazine. And speaking of that magazine, if you're not a subscriber, you're missing out. And So you can try it out for one year, half off, at tinyurl.com slash www.offer. If you have any comments or feedback about this program, you can email me at bkaler at wordandway.org. Thanks for listening.